Welcome to the 10-Minute Talent Show. My name is Justin Cross, and today I am joined by two of Horizontal Talent's finest, Regional Vice Presidents Jeff Siebinger and Kevin Erickson. We're going to talk about hiring and job seeking when it comes to full-time employment versus contract employment. And we're going to get into the pros and the cons of each, both from a hiring manager's perspective as well as a job seeker's perspective. Uh, but first off, uh, I just want to thank both of you guys uh, for joining me here on a balmy February day here at the Horizontal Headquarters in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having us. Great to be here. 18 degrees, I think, outside right now. We're going to 40. <laughs> I'm, uh, that's what I hear. I'm, I, so I'm coming from Florida for, for everybody out there, and uh, this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I, had, I ran on the treadmill this morning. It was a beautiful sun, sunrise, but uh, it was, I don't know how you guys do it up here. Just got to learn to embrace it. You got to get outside. Don't be surprised when you go back to your hotel tonight and you see the windows down, shorts out. This is, <laughs> this is summer weather here for us in February. You're going to be running shirtless outside my window? Maybe that... not me, but others. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're keeping that part in, by the way. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we are talking uh, contract versus full-time employment, the costs, the benefits, all that kind of stuff. But first off, I want to start this off by, you know, we are in obviously a job seekers market right now, right? And, and I'm wondering just in general... Has that has that changed anything? Has it skewed numbers more towards contract employees versus full time? Like Jeff, what, give me give me some thoughts on that initially. I mean, I think the it, it, it kind of boils down to companies' ability to hire FTEs. So we did see a big push for contract hiring during the pandemic because the hiring that companies are doing internally went on hold because they didn't know what to expect. And so, you know, special projects you need to bring in specialists to get a job done. So I've seen it go up and and definitely. In the last year, seen the full-time hiring go up as well. So across the board, it's it's busy in both both areas. And Kevin, when you know a lot of that happened yet last year, coming into this year, but do you expect to see what Jeff's talking about continue throughout 2022? You know, so far we're we're seeing the demand continue to be at all-time highs. So whether it's the contract labor or uh, direct placement services, companies are hiring across the board. Um, so out of the gates, I think it's a, it's a safe bet to say this is gonna this is gonna continue the way it's been in 2021 in the early part of the year. And we're gonna talk job seekers in just a second. You know, people looking to to make a move, whether they're at a at a company or a consultant or whatever. But I want to ask you from a hiring perspective, Kevin. I mean, are you seeing like what what are the pros of maybe going contract versus full time, or or you know, talk a little bit about that from a hiring perspective. Yeah, from an employer perspective um, and, and hiring, there's uh, there's a lot of differences between hiring full-time employees versus the contract. And if I'm an employer who has um, a lot of different initiatives happening, strategic initiatives, technology, um, innovation, transformation, the pros of hiring the contract labor offers you flexibility and it's a variable cost that you can roll on and off instead of committing to um, a full-time resource that you may have a tough time keeping them engaged on different work streams, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, over a longer period of time. So when you can see a defined project or need or a missing skill set, yeah. um, it's a lot easier to go out and augment your, your, your full-time staff with the, the contract labor and just offers you a lot more variability and flexibility. And Jeff, is that, is that something like from a like, I mean, obviously we're a staffing company, right? But is that, isn't, that seems to me like a critical need. If you're a company out there and you need those project employees, like go to a staffing, I mean, that that's a, makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I boil it down to 
when my life or excuse me, my wife asked asked me to hang up a light in the house, it's like I can do it. It might take me longer. I might get electrocuted, but you know, or I could go hire an electrician to hang the light and. You know, you might get. You know, Are you talking about just like a really like a, a bulb? <clears throat> no, nah, like, like that's. No, nah, it's like setting up scaffolding in a and and uh, like a chandelier or something like that. But it's like you know, they, the companies want to go out there and find people that have done this before, right? Yeah. They can do it faster. They know what type of challenges to anticipate, versus again having someone in house that's never done it before that has to do research. Yeah. Uh, the project might take longer to complete. They might not know all the risks of of having a non specialist do the work. So. Um, as Kevin mentioned, kind of bringing in those specialists and augmenting up and down and rolling that person off when they're, you know, done with the project and then having some of the maintenance work or support of the application moving forward be done by full-time employees. And that makes sense. Now, from a job seeker's perspective, right? I mean, if I'm a job seeker and I'm like, naturally, like, oh, I'm going to want to go to a job maybe that, that's going to have benefits and you know, all that perks, all that kind of stuff. Why would a job seeker want to move over and do like a, a contract or consultant or project-based, you know, role? Yeah, I, I think it all depends on what their their long-term professional growth goals are. Yeah. Um, you know, for some people, they want to get into an organization, they want to climb a corporate ladder and see a very um, kind of vertical career progression. Other people, it's less about that. It's more about um, gaining industry experience, gaining access to new technology, different sizes of organizations. Um, and so for a lot of people, they want to be able to come in and, and expand their skill set differently than maybe the, the, the traditional path that they've been on. Um, but, you know, there's there's pros and cons to both from from an employee perspective. There's the you know, what happens when my project's done? Will I be employed? Will I be able to jump from one project to, to the next? And in a market like this, it, it's, you know, you can almost say for certainty, if you're doing a good job, you have a good skill set, you have the great soft skills, you're going to be engaged kind of continuously. Right. Um, you know, in, in a less robust market, those are things that you have to be able to weigh and consider. But um, I think, over the last year, you've seen people that maybe were hesitant to jump into the world of contracting and consulting um, be um, a little bit more willing to take that risk on and, and go out and, and acquire these new skill sets and experiences that they're after. Right. And one thing I, I probably should have asked you guys about before, but when you're in a contract role, oftentimes this, the, the pay, the hourly pay is going to be larger than if you were at a, at a company, right? A full-time employee type of thing, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, I mean, I think those are things that you account into when you're getting in the consulting market. You know, there are benefits that you're foregoing to be a consultant. And so generally speaking, um, that's where you get paid a higher hourly rate to, you know, cover some of those things that, you know, maybe aren't offered from a, a staffing company. But um, as a staffing organization, most staffing companies do provide benefits, um, maybe not as good as you know, what an end employer would be providing, but it's definitely still um, something that people are interested in. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, it's, it's, you know, kind of padding that hourly rate to account for those things. That makes sense. And, and, you know, this is one of the things that's crossed my mind recently too, is, I mean, I know both from an employer perspective, as well as a job seeker perspective, a contract role does seem to have some advantage to being able to try out, you know, like, that sort of three-month probationary period mm -hmm. sort of thing that, that we see your six-month contracts and then it goes to a full-time. I mean, are you seeing that too with job seekers being like, yeah, I want to, you know, like <laughs> I kind of just want to test this out versus, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to be married to this company. Um, you know, are, are you seeing that a little bit more because the market is hot mm -hmm. for job seekers? 
You know, I, I don't know that we are, um, and this is just my opinion. And Jeff may see, you know, different things happening in in the the markets that he has oversight of. In a market like this, if people want a permanent role, if that is truly their end goal, there might be a population of people that say, "Hey, this could be a cool opportunity to go and try some things and see where." Um, you know, I find the right culture fit where I, I find passion about the company mission, et cetera. Yeah. But I think the competition is so great for talent right now. They're, they've probably got five other permanent opportunities in front of them right now. And if, if truly their end goal is I want to get a, a, a full-time role, they would just go and get a full-time role, yeah. then try something out and hope it turns into something that, that they feel is a good fit. And that's one of the things that we're talking to our clients about all the time when they come to us and they want to talk about a you know, contract to hire. It it really limits the talent pool pretty dramatically because it's very unlikely that somebody that's in a full-time role right. will leave that full-time role for a contract that maybe turns into a permanent role when they have five other full-time role offers in front of them. So that candidate pool goes from you know, being this big um, down to a much smaller size. Um, so I, I personally don't think there's a lot of that happening. I yeah. think it's those that want to contract and consult and those that want full-time roles. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, in a market like this where it's a candidate market, you know, when it's a buyer's market, then they have that luxury of what they call, you know, try before you buy or dating before marriage. It's not that mm-hmm. full commitment by the client, but that's when you have large pools of job seekers and you have the luxury of saying, hey, we want to try this person out before we make them an FTE. But in this market, it's 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 not really um, personally, that good of an option. Personally, I like my marriages arranged. That's how I do it. <laughs> I never met my wife. I said, this is, it's go time. Guys, that's all I got. You guys got anything to add uh, on the full-time versus contract employee uh, market here? Uh, you know, I, I just close maybe with um, you know some, some data on what's actually happening to your, your question that opened us. Um, you know, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics just put out their December jobs report, and it was the seventh straight month where we had over 10 million open jobs in the United States, far more jobs than there are people available to fill those jobs. Mm-hmm. Then it was the fifth or sixth straight month of over 4 million resignations in a month, which is churn like we've never seen before. So whether it's you're trying to acquire contract talent or you're trying to acquire full-time talent or retain them, um, we just really encourage any employer to be thinking about how they have to operate differently. Are, is our... Are we offering as much flexibility as we possibly can from a remote hybrid um, perspective? Are we fairly compensating? Are we keeping up um, with what the, the market is um, offering the talent in our organization or the talent that we're trying to get into our organization? Um, is our hiring process as efficient as it possibly can? Um, all of those things are things that they should be thinking about if they really want to uh, figure out a robust talent acquisition strategy. But um, it's going to be an interesting year um, based off of the trends that we saw in 2021. And it should be a lot of a, a lot of work and an uh, and, and opportunity for everybody. Fantastic point to end on. Also, a fantastic soundbite that you just delivered me right there because I, I got to tease this episode right there. And I, I think you just you hit me with some some BLS. He's not beta. done. Let's see. Nah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah he's, I'm he, done. You, you put the, I tell you, you put the cans on and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of. 
This guy's gonna be doing stand up. He's gonna be doing open mic tomorrow night. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, for joining me on this, uh, like I said, very warm, warm Minnesota February day. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.